This episode is presented by Forever Cheese. This week on Meet and Three, we're exploring the culinary wonders of urban New Jersey with a tour through Newark. We speak to Frank Mentesana at Phillips Academy Public Charter School. This idea of family style and made from scratch lunches continues to be a bit of an anomaly in the city. We also hear from Gil Speyer from All Points West Distillery. Newark used to have an incredibly rich beverage alcohol history. And we'll tour Aero Farms, the world's largest indoor vertical farm. We're growing using 390 times more productivity than field farming and 95% less water. Tune in to this week's Meet and 3 on Heritage Radio Network to be amazed at the wonders of Newark. That's meet plus sign T-H-R-E-E. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Old McDonald had a farming simulator e-game that got so popular, there's a European league. Coming up on this episode of Tech Bytes. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners tuning in from 150 countries around the world, about a million listens a month. And today I am a thousand percent confident that every single one of them is listening to Tech Bites, the weekly show where we look at the intersection of food and technology. And today we have a really fun show. Uh, we have a fun show because it's about gaming, farming, esports. And we also have an unusual format today. We have two Heritage Radio Network interns who have helped research and produced a couple of pieces for this show, interviewing uh, people around the world who were not able to make it out to the Heritage Radio Network studio inside Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. So we have a lot of interesting new types of things happening. And it seems appropriate because... Farming Simulator 19 eSports League just sounds like something that's way out there and, and needed a lot of attention. So we will start the show like we always do, going around the shipping container, introducing everybody and finding out what their favorite app is. So making the show all happen, we have our man in Mission Control, Jeet Paul. Jeet, how are you? I'm good, Jennifer. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's been a while since we've done a live show because we've had a lot of interesting things happening this season. Right. Have you missed the app patrol? <laughs> it's your uh, favorite thing of the week, right? Don't yeah, lie. I, I actually do enjoy this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have an app that you like right now that's being really efficient and effective for you? Um, I Well, I use a bunch of apps, but I'm going to go with the repost app for Instagram. I don't know. It's It should be pretty common knowledge now that reposting on Instagram isn't something that's inherent to their to their um to their website. So there is an app that allows you to repost other people's content. It is a great app and I use it frequently although I've encountered some accounts which don't let me copy the post and repost uh, it. Really? Yeah, and I haven't quite been able to figure out why. So if anybody out there is great at troubleshooting, repost app, and copying links on Instagram, give us a shout, techbytes at heritageradionetwork.org. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe you can help us troubleshoot that. What was the last thing you reposted, Jeet? Uh, it was my uh, company partner's uh, new studio that he's building right now. So congratulations to him. 
Very nice. Very nice. So joining us in studio today, we have our uh, first up Heritage Radio intern. We have Aaliyah. Aaliyah, welcome. Hi, thank you. Very excited to be here. And do you have an app that you really like right now? Yes, I have. So um, my phone only has 16 gigabytes of memory. So okay. it's, it's basically a small flash drive. Um, so, so you're a utility person. Yeah. So I'm. Do you delete and reinstall and delete and reinstall? I do mm-hmm. indeed. Yeah. So I've really narrowed it down to like the most essential. essential. Apps. Yeah. Okay. Um, like if you're if you are on a deserted 16 byte island, what mm-hmm. app would you take with you? Yeah, so probably this one wouldn't be super helpful on the island, but Transit is the app that I'm using the most right now. Um, is that the MTA app? It's not the MTA app, but it is. It's for transportation, so it has like e- extremely accurate train and bus times, um, and especially because I'm commuting from between different parts of Brooklyn, and the subway routes are all strange. The subways are crazy right <laughs> yeah. now, um, so that's like the only way that I can that I can make my way home and back and forth from home to work in a reasonable amount of time. (laughs) I'm a fan of just having one home screen populated. Mm -hmm. So I often delete and reinstall just because I just like to keep it neat. I don't want multiple screens of stuff hanging out there. And if I'm not using it, then I don't want it. So yeah, it's good. It's, um, yeah, the, the KonMari method of exactly (laughs) of app. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Mm Joining us on the phone is Kevin, who also worked on some research and stories for this episode. Kevin, how are you? Hi. <clears throat> Hi. Um, um, I am, I'm excellent. I'm very happy to be here. Do you I have will. an app that you really like right now or one that you use all the time? Uh, yeah. I mean, I actually only got a smartphone in August of 2017, so I feel like even the smallest or simplest apps kind of um, are very interesting to me. So you're still in the so, discovery phase. Yeah, I, I suppose I am. So a couple weeks ago, I went hiking, and afterward, I mean, I don't, I don't really go hiking all that often, but I really enjoyed it, and I started to look up all these different hikes around, the, around my area, of upstate. And I found an app that kind of lists them all uh, in, in, a, in a map form, and it gives you lots of information about it. Uh, and it's of each hike, and it's called um, called um, 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 A L L All All Trails. Oh, that sounds cool. Is the app? I am so, not a um, hiker, but I could imagine if you were a hiker, that that would be useful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's got all the information you would need about the about the certain hike you might do. It gives you a map uh, of everything and. Yeah, it's it's just a nice, helpful thing. Perfect. And are you on an Android or an iPhone? I'm on an iPhone. Okay, so that's the iPhone iOS. SE. Oh, I have an SE also that I bought brand new last year before they discontinued it. Because it's yep. small and it was reasonably priced. And as much as I love technology, I can't spend the grand for a phone. I just can't. Can't do it. Won't yeah. do it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I feel strongly about that. <laughs> So, welcome Kevin and Leah to Tech Bytes. It's nice having collaborators on the show. It's fun. We might make this more regular happening. How did this all come about? This actually all came about because Kat Johnson, who is at Heritage Radio, who you all heard from when we did the uh, pet meal delivery service episode a few weeks back, she came in with Daisy, her adorable dog. 
She read an article about Farming Simulator 19 and the upcoming Farming Simulator League. And it is an e-game about farming, which is crazy. And they're going to have a 250,000 euro prize for the first ever Farming Simulator League in Europe next year. And it's such an odd, wacky, fun story. We thought it would be a great story to cover across multiple shows. So Meet and Three is the weekly Heritage Radio Network. It's like a news magazine show. It is focused on a single topic, and then there are reported pieces from different HRN journalists interviewing people in different points of view, and it all comes together in a nice, I think it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes? Yeah, usually around 20. Mm -hmm. 20 minutes, so it's compact, tight, great, fun, and exactly the type of story that, exactly the type of show that Farming Simulator would fit into. So we decided to do a collaborative effort to cover the story across two shows. So Tech Bytes, right now, we're going to cover the first bit, bit, and then we will hear from Meet and Three, I think, later this week. So Farming Simulator, okay. what is that? <laughs> Interestingly, it comes from Europe. It comes from a software company called Giant Software. And it is, if, you were, if, you're, if you're an old-timer or old-timey e-gaming person, you might remember something called SimCity back in the day, which was one of the very first video e-games. And you basically just lived life. It was very normal. You lived life, you did stuff, you built a house, you went out into the world, and it simulated life. Well, farming simulator is very similar. You're on a farm. You pick an environment, whether that be an American farm or a British farm, and you have a certain amount of land and resources, financial or otherwise, and then you just set about farming and doing farming stuff in a very real sense. The game debuted in 2008, and since then they have sold about 4 million copies worldwide, which is amazing. Farm Simulator 19 sold out a million copies in its first 10 days, and it's just kind of fascinating. It's fascinating. Uh, predominantly, people are playing in Europe and Asia. There are some people playing in the U.S. It's very realistic. And as we started to dig into, you know, research on the story, you know, we all know that esports, the market is growing at an incredible rate. It was about $130 million in 2012. And last year, 2018, it grew to $865 million. So people who play and watch esports are in the millions, um, estimated at $173 million in terms of people who are watching and playing, which is just enormous. And typically, people who are, who are gamers are doing something that is either fantasy or combat related, usually not something kind of ordinary and, and charming as, as farming. So when we all start, sat down and started to talk about the story and which angles we wanted to pursue and research, Kevin was really intrigued with how does a farming game actually even develop an audience and develop into such prominence that it merits its own leak? So Kevin, why don't you tell us a little bit about the research that you did and, and the piece that we're about to listen to. All right. Uh, yeah, I was kind of interested in what, what having a farming simulator eSport league, I guess, means 
for esports as a whole. Uh, so I reached out to someone who has uh, someone who writes for the East for the the esports web the esports news website the e, the esports observer. I interviewed him. I asked him some questions about you know like <laughs> what 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 farming simulator means um as an esport and i also spoke with um someone from the software company who who i guess who who is helping to to uh establish the league and um yeah i asked him what like what i asked him mostly what are they looking for like how are they measure how will they measure the success of the Farming Simulator Esports League. And you will hear about that in this segment. So. Great. So, Jeet, let's roll that first story. Earlier this year came one of the more surprising announcements in the esports universe. Farming Simulator, a game known mostly for its thorough recreation of farm management, a game that lacks obvious competitive elements, would be getting an esports league of its own. Andrew Hayward is a journalist who covers esports for a variety of publications, including the Esports Observer. I spoke to him about how this league fits in with the rest of the esports scene. Specifically talking about the content of the game, there's really nothing else along these lines that has tried to be an esport, and that's really why when the news came out, people were just like, "Really, Farming Simulator is an esport? Like it just it just isn't like an obvious fit." But, I, you know, I'm hoping that that, or I, I, I expect that it'll work in the favor of the game where people are just going to be like, I want to see what that's all about. Lars Malcharek is the esports coordinator and community manager at Giant Software, the manufacturer of Farming Simulator. The fact that this game is different from other esports games is not lost on Lars. In fact, it served as inspiration as the league was developed. We are way slower. Right? We drive tractors over a field. So that was the first question we had. And for that, we just looked at real-life farming, and there's a lot of farming competition out there already. So we're like, look, if that's something real farmers can do, we totally can do it with our game. Competitive Farming Simulator originally involved virtual hay baling contests at events for the Farming Simulator community. The Farming Simulator League, however, is going a step beyond hay baling. Instead, the league will require... Instead, the league will feature contests between teams of three. Each team will vie for points by depositing wheat in their respective silos. According to Lars, this shift to a more competitive style of play was inspired by player demand. I'm not going to lie, we really want to make this a huge thing. Um, but I think it is a huge success if everyone likes it. Because if everyone likes it, if our player li uh, players like it, and if our viewers like it, then we got something, right? Something people will talk about in a year, in two years, in three years from now, hopefully. And that would be amazing in itself. For somewhat of a niche video game, Farming Simulator has amassed a large and devoted audience that Andrew says may be able to sustain the league. The game itself, it's, it's never going to be like a, a massive mainstream smash, but the last Farming Simulator game sold like a million copies in 10 days. So they have a, a strong audience that's been built up over time. And, you know, nobody really knows whether they're going to care about esports or not, but Giant Software is giving it a shot. And 
if they can get enough of those people to pay attention and enough other people to just be like, huh, Farming Simulator eSports and check it out, you know, it, it could go somewhere. In the end, while Lars does hope for large viewership and participation numbers, he just wants this new league to give people a good time. Me personally, I'd say if everyone had fun, that includes players and viewers, um, it's successful. So, players and viewers, it's successful. Well, given the number of people that they have playing, it sounds like they've already had a success. Kevin, what was your sort of final takeaway from this part of the story? I guess I was really struck by how, I mean, a thing like this, when you see a game like Farming Simulator and you, they say, we're going to make it an eSport, you think like, oh, they're trying to like make some money or something to get people's eyes on it. Just makes people say like, oh, wow, look at that. But this seems more genuinely inspired than something like that. Uh, it makes me feel it's not. It's this isn't a a um, a uh, pinnacle thing. Um, I think it, it's a yeah. It was more it makes, organic. The interest yeah, developed in the game, right. and when they remarked on the interest, then they developed the league. Yes, that's exactly. nice. So it's it's less. The big, uh, it's not Ready Player One where you have a cynical gaming overlord who's just trying to make money <laughs> off the people. No, at, from, you know, from my interviews, <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't really feel that way to me at all. So, so tell, uh, us, I, yeah. tell us what the story is you're working on for Meet and 3. You went into a little bit of a discovery on the actual equipment and some of the farming equipment companies that have, based on the success of the game, placed their products inside the game. Mm. Give us a little preview of your story. Yes, yeah, indeed. Uh, and some of the people I spoke to who, who are interested in the game and who are in, in, invested in the game and um, who, who, uh, who uh, play the game, something I found out was that people played specifically to use certain farming equipment. And until last year, there was one brand, one brand of farm equipment that was not officially in the game. And when they entered the game uh, with the last installation of Farming Simulator, it made people very happy. And so you'll find out, I guess, who that company is and, um, you know, what the, like, why they felt it was the right time now to become a part of this video game. So Interesting. So f people are playing the game so they can have the experience of using farming equipment that they don't have access to. And Farming Simulator 19 debuted a very desirable equipment company. Yes. Exciting. Very, very iconic. Okay. Don't give too much away because people will guess. Yeah. All I, right. I just want to jump in and say also one of the most interesting things in that story, I think, is that the challenges and questions as a marketing team for a company thinking about what will it mean to place our product in a video game. It's very different from thinking about it for a movie or an ad somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so that I definitely check yeah. that out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Kevin, Please. thank you for the great reporting, and we'll look forward to hearing your piece on Meet and 3. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
So we are going to take a moment and find out who is underwriting this episode of Tech Bytes. Did you know Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit? We keep the lights on and the mics hot exclusively out of the generosity of our underwriters, grants, and members like you. Stay with us. This episode is presented by Forever Cheese, a passion for great taste. Forever Cheese sources the highest quality and most unique cheeses and other products from Italy, Spain, Portugal, and Croatia, and imports them to the United States, many under the Mitika brand. If it's Mitika, it's got to be incredible. Learn more at forevercheese.com. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Jenna Liute, and I'm the host of Eating Matters here on HRN. Join me as I talk to food systems experts about the issues that shape our experiences of buying, cooking, and eating food. You can find Eating Matters wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. Well, if you're just joining us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bites, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network, where we look at the intersection of food and technology. And today that intersection is on a game council. We're talking about Farming Simulator 19 and the upcoming Farming Simulator League. Did you know that a virtual farming game is the big sleeper hit of the e-gaming world? Well, it is. And on this very special episode of Tech Bytes, we had two of our HRN interns researching pieces so we could hear some voices of folks who couldn't actually make it into the studio. Earlier in the episode, we heard from Kevin, who talked to different people about sort of the evolution of Farming Simulator turning into something that was so prominent and so popular and so loved by players that it kind of needed its own league. Aliyah, who's with us right now, uh, was really interested in the point of view of why people play. And what, what did you find when you started digging into the different player communities and social media sites? Yeah, so um, I, I was really interested in why people play and in particular what, um, what relationship the game has to actual farming. Um, so I used to work for a nonprofit on an 80-acre farm and all of my, my brothers and my roommates and a bunch of my close friends are really serious gamers. So these are both worlds that I've been really interested in. Um, so I wanted to talk to some people who, um, who had a farming background or had some connection to farming um, that brought them to the game. Because it's an unusual thing. I mean, most people do not have or could not have firsthand experience of, you know, alien, Viking, fantasy, <laughs> ogre attack or, you right. know, yeah. living dead. Yeah, and this game is a simulator, which I think also is a really interesting question. Like we're going into virtual worlds to connect with the real world and with which the still land. exists also. Yeah. We're also not in some post-apocalyptic thing where right. an actual working farm is some nostalgic piece of the past. Yeah. Yeah, so I started looking for um for some people with farming connections to talk who also played the game to talk with. So, um I was on Reddit and Twitter uh and ended up um, talking with a, a few different people, but one of them is a YouTuber and Twitch streamer. So he streams uh, of Farming Simulator. So he streams live games of Farming Simulator that he's playing and also posts recordings of him playing. Um, 
and he's in Norfolk in, in the UK. And, uh, so that's the conversation we're going to listen to today. Um, and in talking with him, I was really struck by a couple of things. Uh, the first being the community around the game, which I think also speaks to what Kevin was saying about why the league, um, why giants has decided to create the league. Um, and I think that that definitely, um, there's like a parallel with gamers and farmers. Um, it can seem like a really isolated world, but there's actually a lot of really um, like inspiring community being organized around those. Um, and then, yeah, this idea of going back to the land and going back to farming. Um, Via a virtual reality computer digital right. portal. Yeah. Um and and then yeah, Al- Alex Thompson is uh, the name of the streamer we're going to hear from. Um, he goes by Virtual Farmer on his YouTube channel. <laughs> and on Virtual Twitch. Farmer, very original. Mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> so you can find him there. Um, and he talks a lot about um, he talks about really wanting to play the realistic side of the game. Um, and he has some connections to farming as well that I think um, inspired that. So. Um, so that's what I was really excited about in talking to him. All right. So, Jeet, let's roll the audio tape. So thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Uh, that's no problem at all. I, I, I quite like talking about farm tips, so <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I had a feeling you might. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you first get into Farming Simulator? Uh, so I first got into it with uh, Farming Simulator 15. Um, I actually got it on uh, offer from Amazon um, during a Black Friday. And uh, my, my family is a farming background. My, my dad was a farmer. So what was it, what was it like the first time you played? Uh, so the first, the first time I played it, I, uh, I went in and, and I, uh, I did harvesting um, because uh, growing up, it was, uh, and, and working on my dad's farm, that was the, the main thing that I did on there. So it was riding in the combine and, uh, and, and carting grain was, was the main thing that I, that I spent um, uh, time on my dad's farm doing. And the thing that struck me about it from the very first moment I played it was how immersive and how much it took me back to that. And and yeah, that that feeling that that feeling of nostalgia was was absolutely incredible, just just from from sitting in and, and sitting in that first person view and, and doing that and finding myself doing things that I I would have done in in that place. Um, could you talk a little bit about about how the modding about how modding works? Uh, so so modding has been a, a backbone of FarmSim for the last several versions. So modders create everything from uh, new tractors and new pieces of machinery to whole new maps for the game to um, massive uh, massive ones like the season mod that, that completely changed the entire way the game is played. So for, for Farming Simulator 17, um, uh, a modding group created this this mod that, that basically added all the seasons of the year into the game. And you could only plant at certain times, you could only harvest at certain times. And like winter, you could do very, very little at all. Basically, there's, there's no aspect of the game that isn't open to, uh, to modders making changes. And, and to Giant's credit, They've encouraged that more and more as the game has progressed. Um, are you aware of the esports league that they're starting this summer? I am. I'm actually a. Uh, I'm actually one of the commentators. Oh, the you are. League. Yes. I um, I went over and met Giants um, 
middle of last year. I went over to uh, FarmCon last year um, and commentated for them then. So FarmCon is um, the big sort of farming simulator convention uh, that Giant Software hold every year in Germany. It's it's basically a big getting together of players, of modders, of YouTubers and, and streamers, and yeah, and and together with the developers of the game, and uh, and yeah, it's it's just an absolute blast. And do you play? Do you play or watch other esports? Um, I don't at the moment. I've uh, to be honest, I've I've not really had a uh, a lot of look at a, a lot of other esports. So it's really like all farming simulator for you. For me, it is pretty much my my problem more than anything is I have uh, I've got twins. I, I've got toddler twins. So when I'm when I'm not recording or streaming, uh, it's basically you know they take up a huge amount of my time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, between having a day job and having twins to raise. Yeah why why stream um because i enjoy it i i love i love the interaction with people um you know i get i get sort of 70 80 people in on a stream and uh and i'm i'm sitting there and i'm playing the game and and really enjoying playing the game and and also getting to talk to people all the time and i imagine you've gotten to meet some of them in real in real life yes so uh yeah so through um through farmcon i've got to 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 meet um a whole load of people um i'm um, actually heading up in a few weeks to go and meet um some uh modders and uh and players and and uh and other youtubers at um at one of the uh map makers farms so a guy made a a, a a mod or a map of of his farm um and he's invited us all up there to to go and uh, meet him there and uh, and sort of have a get together of, of people who have you know just met thanks to the game and 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 that's the thing there's always there's always this feeling within these communities or outside of these communities that it's sort of um single person sitting in their parents basement kind of thing and uh, and my experience has been completely the opposite of that the whole way through in that you know there, there are these massive community of fans who who are just united by their their love of something what what kind of farm was your dad's farm uh, my dad's farm was uh, purely arable, so we did um, we did wheat, we did barley, um, we did sugar beet, uh, and we did potatoes, uh, and we also had a, a little bit of fruit as well. So we did um, strawberries and blackberries as well. What does he think of the game? Um, he's uh, he's appeared on a couple of my live streams. Um, and uh, and it's always interesting because immediately he starts critiquing my farming technique <laughs> and, <laughs> and basically telling everybody what I'm doing wrong, <laughs> which is which is quite funny. As I tend to um, I tend to, to push the realistic, more realistic side of playing the game. So I, I, I try and play it as close to real farming as I can. And and one of the big things I'm actually trying to do in Farming Simulator at the moment is uh, is make a map based on my dad's farm. And uh, and I've been talking to my dad about it, and he's got a whole load of um, information and maps and and pictures and things that he's going to give me that should make allow me to create it as realistically as possible. What what happened to the farm? Um, we ended up uh, he ended up selling it about fifteen uh, yeah fifteen ish years ago. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I had to sell it up before I'd uh, before I'd really uh, got a chance to to farm it too much is that something you would have wanted to do potentially um looking back on it i'd quite like to have done it um it wasn't an option to me at the, at the time 
Um, but uh, yeah, I think looking back on it, I would have quite liked to have gone into that. As, as it was, I ended up going into uh, web development and computers. So. Yeah, sort of different, but you found a way to bring them together. Well, thank you so much. This has been really fun. <laughs> no problem. I've, I've enjoyed it very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So interesting. Well, I'm struck by the idea that while Farming Simulator is an e-game and it's virtual and it's digital, there's a very intense human connection, both from the players who are really in a very real way connected to the farms because of their lives and their families, and then are connected to other players in a very real way also. Yeah. Yeah, I love the story that um, Alex is going to meet all these people at the farm, at the real life farm of a person who made a map of his farm in the game. So like they've seen this map of the farm in the game and they're all going to get together in real life um, to to see it. Um, and it's funny. So Alex um, talks about recreating his dad's farm. Which is amazing. Yeah. Nostalgia. Yeah. And they're... Um, I read um, a couple of other reporters have have reported on um, on some gamers who lost their families' farms and recreated them in Farming Simulator. So interesting. And then I spoke with a cattle farmer in Iowa um, who also told me, who is a farmer now and still has his farm, but he still wants to use the landscaping tools in Farming Simulator to recreate his farm in the game. Fascinating. Yeah. So it, it's because it is a simulator, it's become a way to capture something that doesn't exist anymore. It's become a way to experiment and try new things mm -hmm. and in with real life implications and attachments and applications. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. And I think there's a real creativity to it too. Mm -hmm. Like people really want to, it's sort of like, you know, painting a portrait of your house or a place that you love. You, you get to, you get to make it, um, make this thing that you love again in this virtual place. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. We are going to jump to real time, real life. We have on the phone Martin Rabel, who is PR and marketing manager with Giant Software. He is actually up in Boston right now at PAX East, which is one of the big gaming conventions. Um, they, have out, they have events in the United States in Seattle, Philadelphia, San Antonio, and Boston, and one in Melbourne. And this is the very first time Giant Software is exhibiting in the United States. Martin, welcome. Hey, and uh, nice to hear you. How's it going up in Boston? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, that's a consumer-based show. Um, so that means um, that we meet a lot of players. Um, and like I said, it's the first time we're at PAX. We've been exhibiting before, but there was E3, which is more business to business. So this time it's going to be a bit different. Um, but for us, it was always a bit difficult with the U.S. because we're in a European company. Um, bringing over lots of people and equipment is always a bit more tricky. But this time we thought we're going to go a bit smaller scale, um, but we really like the, con uh, the, con uh, the, the concept of PAX. Uh, so we're going to give it a try, and I'm really looking forward to it. So tell us about how the farming league has really developed are you surprised that people are, are so enthusiastic about the game that now you have a, a league uh <laughs> it's it's a kind of a different uh approach yeah um and we try to try to get a few more players like interested in the farming game that are more in the competitive area because so far it's only been like uh, collaborative so when you played online you always helped all your friends and you played on one farm together 
So now you can also with multiple forms. And now we go another step where we say like um, we want to you know make it more interesting for players to compete against each other and also like be tactical and form teams. Um, so I'm actually yeah I think we had high expectations, but the 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 the, the feedback is just amazing at the moment. So uh, yeah, I can't wait for the league to start. So the league starts this summer at FarmCon in July in Germany, correct? Correct, yeah. And then walk us through, it's going to begin in 2019 and then the finals will be in 2020. So tell us how the tournament's going to work. Um, there, we have like more details coming out soon, but usually these tournaments will be like, um, there's actually a site now where you can um, sign up your teams at fsl.chain. Software.com uh, or fsl.farmingsimulator.com, and you can register your teams there. And then later, when the first tournament starts, you can say, "I'm going to take part in this tournament." And um, then you have to be on location there. Most of them are uh, tournaments like at events, like our own FarmCon, or at Gamescom in summer, um, and some farming events like Agritechnica. And then there are the first few days are always like qualifiers and if you're good enough your team is good enough then you end up in the finals on the last day and there you have like a knockout competition and then the winners get uh, money and hardware prices but also points for the league so if you take part in more tournaments uh, you get more points similar to like tennis or others uh, like golf or other sports so you have like a ranking right. and then for the last tournament in 2020 in FarmCon again. It's going to be the grand final where um, the best teams are going to get invited and they fight for like, I think even $100,000 prize pool or something like that. Oh my goodness. That sounds very tempting and exciting. <laughs> the yeah, prize is 250,000 like euros for the grand prize for the tournament in 2020, yeah, correct? You have, to, you have to share it with like uh, teammates, of course, with a three People, or maybe they even have four or five if they have replacement teams or substitutes. Mm -hmm. um, but the cool thing about it is what we really like is that actual uh, farming manufacturers, they are reaching out to us because they want to create teams. So it looks like we're going to get, I think Bednar already have a team. Um, Krone are working to get a team. Um, so they are sponsoring these teams to travel from event to event and then, you know, kind of represent them. So I think that that's actually cool that they are interested in doing that. So that means that it's the popularity of the game has reached the industry. I, it, it makes me think of Formula One, the way car companies have race teams. Yes, it actually reminds <laughs> me of that too a little bit, yeah. And um, I think I started working for Farming's Matter five years ago or four years ago. And what I usually see is like at Agritechnica, the big co uh, convention in Hanover, um, we basically meet all the former, uh, the, the existing uh, partners, but we also try to get new partners, new manufacturers into the game. And when I started, it was more like um, we had to explain to maybe 50% of the new companies that we met, like what the game actually is. And now everyone knows the game. So usually it's after technical last time. We went, just went there and like, ah, oh, you're the guys from Farming Simulator. And yeah, we, you know, how can we get into the game? And so, and I guess this year, Next Architecture is going to be like, yeah, probably everyone knows us. But what I heard is like, 
when the game started, you know, in like 10 years ago, um, of course, they all had to explain like like the big companies of like Fendt mm-hmm. and like what it actually is and why they should be in the game and so. But this got really easy, you know. Like they know the game. I mean, uh, so we what we more have to do is like talk with them, like what we actually want to do with them because we can't put five thousand things in the game. We have to manage <laughs> our resources. So that's kind of a balance what we have to do in the game. Do you ever envision a farming simulator league coming to the United States, given that you have the two terrains that you can have? One is a British farm and one is an American farm. Do you think that there's going to be enough popularity at some point in the future to have a U.S. league? I'm pretty sure there's enough popularity. Um, we're also considering it, uh, not for season uh, two, which is you know, the one from 2019 to 2020, um, but we definitely hope that we can also bring it to the US at some point. Um, we have a huge player base here, definitely. Um, for us, it's more the logistical aspect because we want to, you know, uh, with a bit more, bit more preparation, maybe we could have done it in that season already, but then we could have, we would have started later. Um, now with Pax, we already saw it, like, you know, it's a bit complicated to ship things over here. So if we want to do more events here, we either have to store them here or we have to ship them every time. It's a bit more complicated than just staying within the EU. So uh, we can give it a try now, but we hope to bring it to the US at some point, yeah. Well, thank you so much for calling in from Boston. We hope you have a great PAX show. And keep us posted on the progress of the league. This is such a great story. We can maybe check back in as you have the first tournaments this summer and then check back again in 2020 when we have the champions of the Farming League. Yeah, thank you. That's calling me and you also reach out to me whenever you want. Cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye-bye. Well, for those of you listening who are interested in getting Farm Simulator, playing, joining the league, you can find Farming Simulator online. It's farming-simulator.com. To register for the league, it's fls.giant-software.com. You can find them on social media. Instagram is at Giant Farming Simulator and Twitter is at Farming Sim. If you want to hear more about this story from Aaliyah and Kevin on Meet Plus 3, that is the HRN news program that airs every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Of course, that show, like this show and all the other Heritage Radio Network shows, is available after the live broadcast on our website, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, your favorite podcasting platform. I want to thank Ali and Kevin for their great stories and research and point of view for this. It was a lot of fun. It's nice having collaborators. Usually I'm, I'm host of one. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's been really fun to get to work on this story with you. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll, have, well, maybe we'll have some more collaborative pieces coming up. The final takeaway, Aliyah, on the farming simulator. Ah, final takeaway. Um, for this installment or preview for Meet and Three or... Yeah, I think I'm just really excited about the feedback um, between sort of like this virtual community and this real life community um, and really interested to see how the how the league um, sh- shapes that. Did it change? Did researching the story change your point of view about anything? Did you come into it with an idea that you maybe changed your mm-hmm. thought or opened up a new idea? Yeah, I think um, one thing. So Mike Bassett, the cattle farmer who I spoke with in Iowa, 
told me that he talks with people on Reddit and other places who are gamers who he says understand more now about the work that he does um, and understand more about farming and food than they did before they played the game. Um, and yeah, that was really surprising to me that there are people um, that the game is is building people's knowledge of food and agriculture and maybe reconnecting them with food and farming um, in through this surprising avenue. Well, video games on the phone, on the consoles are so popular. And, you know, we often yeah. learn things by gaming. Certainly, we try and trick children into learning stuff by disguising it <laughs> as a game. And adults are very interested in the gamification of life right now. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Maybe gaming is the answer to help educate people and create some knowledge and changes in, in the food system. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe that, maybe somebody should do a startup on educational food gaming. Ooh, mm. I like this. <laughs> if you liked this show, Tech Bites, and would like to get in touch with us or you have an idea for a show, we are very interactive. You can email us, techbytes at heritageradionetwork.org. We are on social media at TechBytesHRN. We are live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find us online at iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify after that. Jeet Paul is our engineer. Our amazing theme song, Nomad, a CPU track, is from the amazing DJ Uptown Nico. I'm Jennifer Leutzi, your host and producer. This is TechBytes. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right-hand side of our homepage. Thanks for listening.